Christmas. We wish you a merry we Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy haunting. Ooh. <laughs> And a haunting new year. Oh, God. What? Where was that? <laughs> what was that? Did I ever tell you when I was in choir in high school, for some reason, my name in the like pamphlet or in whatever it's called, the um, playbill of sorts, I was listed in the like baritones section. You were? Yeah. I was like, I'm an That's alto, so but I guess I uh, dabble in the baritone. <laughs> dabble? baritone i know because i don't th- i don't feel like your voice is that deep What's maybe that? it was deep in comparison to everybody else at the time. i think it was a total accident but it is a funny accident oh that is yeah nice and deep and low over yes. here at two girls one ghost yes we lull you to sleep um but hello hello are you gonna whisper two oh girls, yeah it just you know we've been really bad at this lately two girls one ghost it just wasn't the way we traditionally do it and you know what is tradition anyway <laughs> okay sorry let's let's do it again this is two girls one two ghost girls, one ghost Help. and we are your ghostesses that is corinne and i am sabrina hello and this is our holiday encounters episode where we read stories from you to you about mm-hmm. the holidays specifically i feel like i often yeah. tell you to go first so would you like me to go first yes I would like that. So this is from our listener, Kate, and it is called Heartwarming Story for You to Tell Around Christmas. And also, can I just say, I I know we've talked about this a lot, but there used to be this beautiful tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas and around the holidays. And every year I say, let's bring it back. So this is my call to action for everyone. Bring it back. Tell ghost stories. Play our podcast at Christmas dinner or New Year's Eve, whatever it may be. When you road trip, when you fly, whatever you're doing. And ask all of your loved ones, your friends, your family, the strangers at the bus stop, the strangers on the plane. The people who go through the drive-thru window while you're working on Christmas Day. The TSA agents when you're at the airport. Ask them for their ghost stories and then Mm -hmm. tell them to us. Yes. That's the second (laughs) part. That's very important. If you don't do that part, then forget about it. Don't even bother doing the other part. Okay. Hi, ladies. I just recently started your podcast and have been listening at double speed to catch up. I know you get a ton of emails, so I wanted to send this early so you might have time to read it around Christmas time. Anyway, I just got to your 14th Encounters episode, the one where her sister was playing slide by the Goo Goo Dolls, and it reminded me of a musical message that I received myself. My grandpa passed away in May of 2017. He was always so kind to me, and he loved Burl Ives. The first Christmas after he passed, I was working retail at Kirkland's, which was a nightmare in and of itself, but I digress. Mm -hmm. One thing to note is that Kirkland's had a playlist that was turned on in the morning and played through every single day. It was always the same songs in the same order. And then when the Christmas playlist was on, it was no different. It never changed. It was the exact same songs in the same order every day. I was on the morning shift and the time had just turned 11-11, which prompted a conversation between me and my manager, Tia, about how that means that angels are with us. The song changed immediately, and the song Silver and Gold filled the store. Tears came to my eyes immediately because that was my grandpa's favorite song. I worked that shift in others the rest of the season, and that song never played again. So I think it was my grandpa reaching out to me, and to this day I cry whenever I hear Silver and Gold. I love your podcast. I'm excited to catch up on the rest of the episodes. Thanks for creating a space to share these stories. I have more that are spookier, but I'll send those in at another point. 
Keep up the great work, Kate. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. How beautiful. I know. Especially too like, around the holidays and, and being so stressed out at the job and like working in retail too. Yeah. Freaking sucks yeah. during holidays, probably always, but <laughs> during the holidays especially. So that's so sweet to just have, have such a clear sign mm-hmm. from your loved yeah, one. I agree. And it's like, it's one thing to be at work and hear a song that has never played on that playlist before and know that it's your grandfather's favorite Christmas song. But it's another for it to happen at the exact time, 11-11, when you're having a conversation with someone specifically about how that means a spirit or spirits are with you. And then for the song to change. Right. Into, like it, it is. I know. It's more than just one of those. It was all of those. So there's, to me, it's like. That does make me yeah. wonder. It makes me wonder if spirits are like we've talked about this before in the past where it's like when you cross over do you just know everything that's going to happen in the future because if so that makes sense what where her grandfather's like okay i'm going to come and be at the spot at this exact time because i know that she's going to mention right or have a conversation surrounding this so that's my opportunity to jump in or was it just that our loved ones are always around us mm. and when an opportunity comes it's like you know they see the light and then they go towards it and and do what they need to do to show us at that moment that they're there <sighs> i don't know and i feel like recently we've been having conversations about like how because time is not linear ghosts can haunt in different times like you could p- potentially be haunting yourself and like a s- experience that you had mm-hmm. when you were younger might have been someone who was still alive at that time but their spirit was able to travel back it is just very confusing i don't know it is our understanding of the spirit world and our thoughts, Sabrina, have developed and evolved so much from when we first started this podcast. And yet our talents. I feel like my mind would have imploded if, if we, we talked about this. discussed some of the things we do now. Although I wish our talents <laughs> and our spiritual abilities have developed in the same way. Maybe we'd have more answers. Or maybe we'd have even more questions. Maybe. I think we were just so tired for so long overworking ourselves and not making time for ourselves. And I think this is something that we're both prioritizing next year. So maybe we will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start to develop it all. Yeah. I love it. Get a little extra witchy. Yeah. As you said that, the lighting in here changed. It's gotten darker. I know. Both of it. And mine got... We're both glowing and lights are being weird, so. The sun, I think, must have gone behind cloud cover or something. Okay. This is from our listener, Anna, and I do want to give a trigger warning that it does involve descriptions of someone's body after they pass away. okay. So, given that now. Okay. This is from Anna. My dearest ghostesses, Corinne and Sabrina, here is an endearing Christmas encounter to archive for next year. Anna sent it last year. The beginning is rocky, but I promise it has a happy-ish ending. Okay. My dad passed away on Christmas Eve of this year. He died in our home surrounded by family. My dad was a beautiful and creative soul taken way, way too early. He was diagnosed with stage four melanoma in April of 2020. Impeccable timing, I know. So sorry. And his experience was horrific. I will spare you all the details because honestly, it's just absurd, but he was as stoic and strong in health as he was in sickness. My younger sister and I inherited his affinity for lucid dreaming and astral projection and sleep paralysis, if that's a skill. <laughs> and I've had prophetic dreams since I was little. Usually mundane things like dreaming about the exact score that I will receive on a test that I'm getting back the next day, or those little dream coincidences that you forget about until something happens and you're like, Oh, this was totally in my dream last night. Mm. Once I had a super realistic dream that my face was swollen, and the next day I went to visit my dad, 
when he was sick and his face was swollen. There were lots of connections like this throughout his battle with cancer, and I believe that we are traveling souls. One night, I took him to the ER, and the doctors asked my relation to him. I replied, daughter, and my dad looked at me and said, you're not my daughter, you're my sister. At this point, he was pretty out of it, but... I'm taking that as a sign because he did not have any sisters in this (gasps) lifetime. Oh, my gosh. I know. I got – my back just got cold. Oh, my gosh. My dad went to the hospital for the last time on my birthday, December 19th, and he came home for hospice the afternoon of December 23rd. He was at home for just 12 hours before he passed. But I'm glad he was home. At the end, he was pretty jacked up on – yeah, I know, right? Did get to go home. Especially during the holidays, too, where it's like being with your family yeah. and, and being in the warmth when you're in that situation is, I'm sure, felt good yeah. despite all the pain. At the end, he was pretty jacked up on morphine and largely unresponsive, and I don't think he closed his eyes for the last five days before he died. We had to put cream on them to keep him comfortable and use a sponge at the end of a stick to wet his oh. lips and tongue because he couldn't swallow and his mouth was just so dry. Sometimes we would peel an orange and rub a section on his lips so that he could taste something nice. Needless to say, the word comfort has taken on a whole new meaning for me, Mm. and I hate it. The night he came home to die, I was worried that I wouldn't know when it was going to happen. But in the moments before his death, his breathing changed, his eyes got wide, he was looking around the room and gulping for air like a fish out of water. The breaths leading up to his passing were super far apart and strained. Finally, he took his last breath. Mm. I didn't know that death could be so painful, and he looked so scared and upset when it was happening. After he took his last breath, I was in shock, and my sister and my mom were crying and hugging each other as I sat and I stared at him. Then, all of a sudden, it looked as if a fly sort of flew out from his head and up towards the ceiling. Trailing the fly was a trickle of something shimmery and dark like an ocean at night. Hmm. I didn't really understand what I was seeing, but it was so clearly not of this earth. In the way that things look when you can't believe your own eyes, the image was like a hologram or bad CGI, just uncanny valley vibes. Several days later, I went online to look into what people have seen when they witness a death, and this described it perfectly. Shimmering water in reverse going up to the ceiling. And looked like water flowing Ooh, upward. Oh, chills. After, I know. After reading all these accounts of water flowing upwards, I feel validated and I'm convinced that I saw his soul embarking yeah. onto his next adventure. Oh. My dad looked horrific in death. Not peaceful at all. His eyes and his mouth were open, and he looked as if he were in pain. We tried to close his mouth and his eyes as we waited for the hospice nurse to come and declare the time of death, but they wouldn't close. When the nurse finally came after 90 minutes, I went to go take a shower, and my mom helped the nurse put pants on my dad so that he could be taken away with some dignity. When I came back into the room after my shower, I looked at my dad in shock. He was smiling. His head was turned slightly to the side, his eyes and mouth were closed, and there was a smile on his face. He looked like a renaissance painting, and it was the most peaceful that I'd seen him look in months. At first, I thought this was the job of the hospice nurse to position the deceased's face so that it didn't look so horrific, and the nurse insisted that my dad did it all on his own. When things were really bad, we were always trying to get him to smile for us, and most of the time he refused. It was the catalyst for many fights and a lot of tears. I think that his smile was the final gift to us to let us know that he was Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you for reading my story. I hope to have more encounters with him as time passes. I know that he's performing miracles for me from the astral plane and continuing to be the best freaking dad in the universe. XOXO, Anna. Anna. She, her. 
I am so incredibly sorry for your loss. And it makes me so sad because I, you know, I feel like so many of these stories around the holidays or like about the holidays are sadly about losing loved ones, but having them make contact in some way, especially because, you know, I think you miss whoever passes away all the time, but holidays are so different without your loved ones. And this is. is so difficult to experience. And especially it sounds like it kind of rapidly happened and was so shocking for Anna and her family. But what an incredible to see his spirit like water leading towards the ceiling, leaving his body and moving on to the next and for him to leave his body smiling for all of them to be like, I'm okay. Right. And that's also like the fact it took some time, meaning like his spirit maybe left his body and then momentarily came back to change his physical body's expression. Right. Yeah. Like after understanding what happened, yeah. tried to give that last symbol to everybody that he is at peace right. now. Because Anna was the only one that actually saw him move on, saw his soul, which what a beautiful depiction of a soul too. Yeah. Like the the small little fly with like shimmering water trailing yeah. behind it. That's so sweet. I can picture it perfectly. Like I feel like it's iridescent, but glittering and yeah it feels very ethereal yeah. too like it just makes you think you know we are there is so much more beyond death yeah. and that it is really beautiful and that it's really magical and there's so much that we don't understand and i think that's probably what we try to figure out after five years of podcasting <laughs> what is can't. This? Yeah. but it's like that's a perfect example of it where it's like it's just it just despite how horrific the death was and losing someone that you love your dad and watching someone feel so sick and feel so in pain how beautiful is it also to witness them evolve and go somewhere in such a beautiful form? Yeah, that's true. And I really do hope and I believe that Anna will see her dad again and he will be watching over her. And the fact that he said, you're not my daughter, you're my sister, like that is very clear to me that they mm -hmm. are traveling souls. They will be reunited again. And yeah, it's just it as heartbreaking as it is there's almost there's also so much beauty and hope in it yes yeah and to just we've said it before where you know people a, a lot of times you don't get to be in the place that you want to be or with the people you want to be on holidays which makes it really hard and i'm just glad that anna's dad was able to be with yeah the family. i agree i agree oh this makes me really want to ask so, for we should do an episode of like the funniest ghost stories I know. We should. <laughs> I know. Well, we were like Christmas ghost stories and then – It's sad, but it's – They're it's not – Heartwarming. There's, are. you know. Yes. We should We should have a rule where we have like a, some sort of palate cleanser episode at least once every six months. Right. Oh, I was going like say once only, a month. <laughs> oh, once a month. Once a quarter we could do where it's like only really funny or like visits from loved ones or – we used to theme some of our encounters. Yeah, we, we should can go back to We that. should have a few more. This one yeah. kind of accidentally had a theme. It did. But I think that's what happens, like you said. It's around the holidays. A lot of times. Yeah. Around the holidays, our loved ones make themselves known. And so that's oftentimes some of the stories that we get. Okay. Okie dokie. I have a story called Creepy Kids in the Christmas Eve Body. And it is from our listener, Rachel. And okay, she says, hi, ladies, I'm Rachel. Below is my Google Doc of the time I had little kids playing in my bedroom and the time I saw a spirit fresh out of his body on Christmas Eve. Go me. Hope this makes the podcast <laughs> or at least maybe you read it. Love you, ladies. You make long trips, trips to daycare and morning showers spooky, but the best. She also attached a family photo saying that they're all a part of the triangle. Just very I love nice. that. 
Hello, ghouly ghostesses. My name is Rachel. Yes, you may use my name around because everyone around me knows I'm creepy, so they won't be surprised. I'll jump (laughs) into it. I have a few stories my husband told me to write about since I forced him into the triangle. My first story begins in the mid-90s when my family first moved to Wilkes County after the fearless but creepy daughter, me, was born. My parents bought an older house that was technically three stories, basement, main level, and one singular room upstairs that my older sister liked to push me down the carpeted stairs. Hateful bitty. Anywho, around the age of three, I was playing outside one day, riding my bike down the huge hill in the backyard, and I noticed that there were burnt remains of a very old house. Now, at the time, I thought nothing of it since I was three and only thinking about my love of lizards and tree frogs. Well, that night when I went to bed, I quickly fell asleep and was awoken to the sound of other children. I didn't check the time because I was three and my 26-year-old self always wondered what time they came. When I fully woke up, I realized there were three little kids playing with toys in my bedroom. Me and my creepy ass tried to play with them, not even questioning how they got into my room or who they were. (laughs) I mean, she was three. They all looked normal. There were no black eyes. Just more friends. Yeah. They did not have black eyes, which is great. And they all had faces, but their clothes looked ashy gray. Once they realized I saw them, and what I thought at the time was them running to hide since I spooked them, because they ran into my closet and were gone. So I shrugged and went back to bed. When I woke up, I told my parents about what happened that night. And my parents, you know, the typical response, it was just a dream. Well, after that first encounter with the kids, it started happening every single night. The kids would come back and play every night with my toys. Once I got older, I remembered this all happened and I researched the house that was burnt in the backyard. It turns out the woman that lived there was a nanny to three kids, all of which died in the house fire started by the nanny who was just trying to make them lunch. Oh no. Oh my God. Oh, how... How horrific. The nanny was just trying to make them lunch when the stove engulfed in flames, and it was in the early 80s. One night, my mom slept with me after my nanny had passed away in 2002, and she was awoken to a glowing white orb sitting on my window seal that she swears she saw my nanny's face in, which leads me to my next story, the Christmas Eve body. It was Christmas Eve of 2002, the first Christmas without my nanny. We all went to my papa's for the annual... Christmas party. We were all sitting in the large den passing out presents. Earthquake earthquake Leia, one moment. We were all sitting in the large den passing out presents when the lamp beside the chair that my nanny always sat in started to flicker. As one consecutive group, we all said, nanny's here, and the light flickered again. We went on about the night as if she were there, everyone randomly talking to my nanny and seeing the lamp flicker as if she was responding. Being the little tomboy I was at the time, my papa got me a headlamp flashlight and my sister, who was extremely girly, got just a normal flashlight. Nanny wasn't there to help him shop that year, but bless him, he did his best (laughs) and these actually ended up being very helpful as the night went on. As the night was wrapping up, my parents, sister, and I piled into my dad's truck and headed home. On one of the curvy back roads we took, I saw a man limping up the side of the road and shouted, Dad, watch out for that guy. He looks wet and hurt. My dad looked at me and said, what guy, honey? There's no one out here. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Another probably two miles down the road, we were crossing a little bridge over a small creek bay when the headlights shone onto the creek. And I saw it. A truck overturned in the creek bed. Here's where my headlamp and my sister's flashlight came into play. My dad pulled over and turned on his flashers and took our lights out to go check the truck as my dad worked in the Department of Transportation. He was gone only a few minutes and came back with a stunned look on his face. 
and asked me to describe the man I saw just a few miles back. Oh, I already have chills. I told him I saw a tall man wearing a hoodie and what I assumed were jeans with dark, dripping hair all messy. He asked me to get out of the truck, to which I responded, he's in the truck isn't he? He's dead, isn't he? I carefully walked out. I can't believe this happened. Okay. I know. And also like, oh, taking her down. Okay. So Rachel says, I carefully walked down to the truck with my dad and I saw him. It was the same man I had just seen walking up the road, lying there thrown from the truck face under the cold water of the creek. He was dead. How old were you? Rachel. (laughs) Oh man. Rachel, he was dead. He, uh, we called it in and waited for the cops oh. to show up before heading home. That night, my dad came into my room and told me he will never doubt that I am seeing or hearing things ever again. Needless to say, I am very in tune with the spirit world, but don't always open myself up to it so no scary boogers can attach to me. Also, I cannot walk into antique shops without feeling like I'm going to be sick due to all of the energy of the pieces. I love you ladies so much, and I'm thankful I found your podcast. You're amazing, and I'm glad you have a YouTube channel now. Triangle member for life, Rachel. Rachel. Oh, my God, Rachel. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, gosh. Clearly, Rachel's extremely powerful, yes. right? Like, I think we've we've seen emails from this Rachel I think before, so. too. And yeah. it's – Yeah. Rachel, Rachel's in tune, but oh my God, I can't even, like, I have so many questions. Now knowing that Rachel saw someone right after they passed, Mm -hmm. tragically, like confused, wandering, wet, like their, their soul clearly didn't just move on. Like they, they had no idea what what happened, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm curious if this could be like a ghost whisperer type of situation where, Rachel now could be that person who's yeah. like, hello, like, I see you. You are – Let me walk with you. You're not with us anymore. To the other side. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, she clearly has so many – I mean, from early on, like playing with these little ghost kids. But mm-hmm. it also makes me really – this story makes me so sad. One, that Rachel had to see the stead body. Um, and two, <laughs> that the man was – walking like it sounds like it was a couple miles away from where the accident was like was he trying to get home like was he confused but maybe and it's so sad he clearly was confused right around the holidays like ugh, it makes i mean heartbreak it's just heartbreaking i know it is it's so it's such a scary depiction too to see like obviously when rachel saw that person walking on the side of the road at first like it's a startling image to see someone wet Mm -hmm. and potentially injured walking on the side of the road and then to find out that it was this is kind of reminding me of the lovely bones too where it's like stuck in between and that one girl from her high school like seeing her spirit after she passed away Mm -hmm. like running trying to escape through the field and it's just yeah it's really heartbreaking yeah like i wish it's one of those things where it's like i wish and i don't think that i ever would have done this in this situation but like in the realization i wish it would have been like oh like let's go back to where we saw his spirit and try to help him but That's just – it's that's the movie version, right? It's not um, always practical or easy to do. And also, like, you can't just so easily – well, we don't know how old Rachel was in this situation. And then also when you happen upon someone who's had an accident, whether they've already passed or not, you have to stay in that spot until authorities come, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not like they could just be like, let's zip on down the road and come back and go back and forth. Yeah. Man, I really hope that that man was able to move on. Me too. Me too. Okay, I have a story for us to end on. Okay. This is from our 
listener, Christina, and it is called Soldier Ghost of Christmas Past. But I have to say right before I read it that Christina also wrote that every time I talk about the black ghost dog (laughs) in my childhood home, she thinks of her dog who was named Elvis. Oh, Elvis. Because he's also a, 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 black, a black dog. Pup. Yep. Oh, what a yeah. sweetie. She said that she thinks of her little baby angel face that was sent to us from heaven. Oh, is there a photo? <gasps> there is. Oh my gosh, I'm looking. Oh. Here's Elvis. I like why do we have such voices for pets? <laughs> I know. It's also when someone doesn't speak in a pet appropriate voice. I'm What's like, wrong with you? What What are you doing? Get out of here! So you, so <laughs> be kinder to these animals. They only respond to baby voices. You cutie pie. Cutie pie. Okay, gather around, get warm and cozy, and I'll tell you the story of the soldier ghost of oh, Christmas past. Lovely. I feel like this is a Once movie. Once upon time, it is. I know, I I wish I had a snuggly little blanket and a cup of tea. Mm. Once upon a time, when I was a younger woman, (laughs) I married a poopy head. The fact fact of the matter was that we were both very young, and he probably had some undiagnosed mental illnesses, but nevertheless, our marriage ended. This is a ghost story, not a true crime story today, so I won't go into details. Just know it was good that it was over. Although my freedom from this poopy head was wonderful... (laughs) I couldn't help but feel a little lonely my first Christmas unmarried. I remembered pulling the Our First Christmas ornament from the box. The little raccoon couple sitting in the snow-covered log, staring into each other's eyes with hope and joy for their future. When I got that ornament, I never thought that I would be alone on Christmas again. But here I was in my early 20s and divorced. Don't worry, I'm sure those adorable trash pandas are happy as heck in the landfill that they ended up in. (laughs) And I know I was better off. Just a bit bittersweet. Mm. All in all, I had a nice Christmas with my family. I was at the home where I grew up in. In fact, I never left. You see, Poopy Head was from the UK. <laughs> I love that she calls him Poopy Head. You see, Poopy Head was from the UK and didn't have his work visa for a long time. And since I was a teenage bride and my parents had the space, they let us live with them until we got onto our feet, which never happened. The house I grew up in was a colonial built in the late 1700s and was, well, the house. The house that all the kids at school thought was haunted. And it was. I've heard my name called, seen things out of the corner of my eyes just to look and see nothing there. You never felt alone in the house and it was cool and dark inside even in the summer. I was always apprehensive walking around at night, but not at Christmas. The house was beautiful at Christmas. Wood fireplace roaring, Mm. decorations everywhere. At Christmas, that old house shined, and from an early age, it was usually me who decorated, as I was the one who loved that time of year, and I still do. I'm like so warm. Like I feel, I feel warm. I I I was cold when this email started, but now my heart and soul is warm again. I picture the house, Mm -hmm. right? My parents were busy working, and my brothers were not interested. I would dance around to Christmas music and sing out loud for all of the ghosts to hear as I decked the halls. Even though I had experienced odd things in the home, I have never seen a full-on apparition until that one lonely Christmas night. It was Christmas. After midnight, I think. My dad was in bed and my mom was on the other side of the house in the office smoking cigs and playing online poker. God, I miss that woman. (laughs) I was in the living room. Fireplace going and I just finished watching The Grinch with Jim Carrey. I had gotten up to get a drink, walked through the dining room and into the kitchen. Along one wall of the kitchen was the fridge, then a door to the basement. Yeek, that basement. Then a doorway to the laundry room, then the sink. 
The basement door was closed and latched, but the doorway to the laundry room between the basement door and the sink did not have a door. It was just an opening into that room. At one point in the house's history, that room was actually a screened-in porch. It had windows all along the walls and a glass window door that was sealed off. So it was once a glass door, now a floor-to-almost-ceiling window. Mm. We didn't have a fancy dancing fridge that makes ice, and I knew if I didn't refill the ice tray that I might not make it into the new year. (laughs) As it was one of my mom's few peeves. <laughs> Walking along the previously described wall from the fridge to the sink and passing the open doorway to the laundry room when I stopped in my tracks. I saw something out of the corner of my eye and my ghost hunting ass has been trying to catch something for years now. I would always whip my head around to look, but there wasn't ever anything to see until that night. There, in the pale light, in front of the window door, about 12 feet from me, was a soldier. Or should I say, a uniform. His face was shadowed by his hat, so I couldn't see it. His hands and legs from the knees down faded away. He was probably about 5'10", with broad shoulders, all gray and kind of glowing, like He emanated his own light. Oh, oh. Shit, that wasn't cool. I yelled out loud as I dashed back the way I came, empty ice tray in tow. (laughs) Actually, that was very cool. You just startled me, (laughs) I said, peeking back around the doorframe to see if he was still there. But he was gone. Adrenaline pumping. I wasn't sure what I should do next. I wanted to run to my mom, but I would have to go through the laundry room and right past where I'd just seen this ghost. I paced around the kitchen for a minute, excited and a little nervous, and then I made a run for it. As I passed the spot where he had been, I squealed, Excuse me! (laughs) As to not be rude. Knowing full well he could still be there, but I just couldn't see him. And then I burst into the office to tell my tale for the very first time. What? No! Why are you telling me this? (laughs) I have to sleep down here tonight, is what I remember from her reaction. My parents' bedroom was on the first floor and only a short hallway away from where I saw my visitor. When I was younger, she told me that ghosts aren't real, but confessed to me once when I was older that she tells herself that they aren't real so that she can sleep at night. I mean, that's what most people who say they don't believe in ghosts are probably doing. Exactly. The next day, with the urging of my dad, I looked up soldier uniforms. I knew it was a Civil War uniform, which I found to be odd since we were in New York, but battles were fought above the Mason-Dixon, so maybe not so odd. I found out that he was a pretty high rank from the details that I remembered from his jacket, but his hat was of lower rank. Through more research, I found out that clothing and other supplies were scarce and soldiers wore what they could find, Mm -hmm. especially towards the end of the war. It was certainly an experience I will never forget. The details have blurred a little bit over the years, but one thing has stuck with me, and that is the feeling that I had after I saw him. I wasn't scared. I was excited and curious. I'm always looking for a meaning in everything that happens. Why did this happen? What can I learn from this experience? And what I truly believe was that he wanted me to know that night that I was not alone. Maybe he watched me grow up. Maybe he watched as I danced around in the house singing All I Want for Christmas is You, like a diva (laughs) all those years. And maybe he knew that I needed a little bit of a distraction. Mm. Here's the kicker. It wasn't till many years later when I was talking about ghost stories with a friend. I recalled a time when Poopyhead and I had a big argument. That night, I cried myself to sleep. I always wanted to resolve any conflict before we went to bed, but that night, it wasn't an option. In the morning, he told me about a terrible dream he had. He said, I dreamt that there was a Civil War soldier at the foot of our bed. He wanted me to wake up and look at him so he could scare me. 
Oh my gosh. That dream happened at least two years before I saw the soldier in the house on Christmas night. And now I find myself living happily ever after below the Mason Dixon, married to a handsome, wonderful, kind, caring Southern gentleman who proposed to me on Christmas Eve. I'm so glad we ended with this story. From Christina. Because this is our this episode has been all over the place emotionally, but this is the happiest of the Christmas tales we've told. And so yes. freaking cool. So many elements to embrace and talk about. I love this soldier ghost. And it's the first time Christina got to see a spirit. Granted, it was like off pudding for the first time. But then to connect the dots to poopy pants. What's his name? Poopy butt? Poopy pants? Poop, poopy head. Poopy head. Uh, <laughs> you can call him poopy butt if you want. <laughs> poopy butt pants I'm head. Sure Christina will mind. Um, for him to have that dream of the soldier wanting to scare him. I This soldier is so clearly a fan of Christina's, a fan of protecting her, and is like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to let anyone mess with you. And if they do, I'm going to scare them. He must just be a resident yes. in the home, right? Yes. Like, he, he must just kind of bop around comfortably, unseen, and then only realized that he needed to come forth when things were were dire. So like protecting Christina and giving a little intimidation to the person who is making her upset. Yeah. And then making sure that her Christmas spirit, which he had seen and appreciated for so many years, was not dimmed by being alone. It's also so cool. Like I feel like uh, everyone's guardians, their spirit guides, are soldiers in some way. They're there to protect you. They're going to fight for you. They're going to help you through tough times. And that's what this soldier was doing. Mm -hmm. And I also like that Christina looked up what people were wearing and realized that people do, at the time, they did have to just like take what they could get and have like a mod podge of of clothing. Because I I feel like that's kind of symbolic too. It's like, you just got to work with what you have. And I really like that that that's how he represents himself in the afterlife as well. Yeah. Wow, this story is wonderful. Christina, thank you so much for sharing it. And I love that we were proposed to on Christmas Eve. How how wholesome and sweet and loving brings a proposal on Christmas Eve, your first apparition on Christmas Eve. Oh. I love it. So beautiful. So beautiful. We love all of you. We love all of your ghost stories. And we know that some of them can be heartbreaking and then in, turn into heartwarming things. Some of them can be funny but we're just really grateful that you feel comfortable enough to share them with us and share them with the rest of our listeners, our phantoms, and know that you are being supported and loved and cared for by so many people. And maybe you don't get to see all of us, but the energy is very, very palpable. We do hope you have a wonderful holiday season and we'll see you in Mm -hmm. the new year or on Patreon before then. Shout out to our editors, Eden Manning, Max Lodian, Eric Foster, the whole team at Upfire Digital. Thank you for another year (laughs) of helping us. (laughs) And thank you to all of you. We love you. And we will. See you on the other side. Very smooth.